0: Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in La Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com now enjoy this week's episode good morning word of life church Hey, we are here to have a good time. Uh, I, I just got to tell you, yesterday it was absolutely uh, phenomenal. We got to, uh, we had uh, these bounce houses, the obstacle course and everything else, and the ones uh, all over in the, the park and during the days. We met, uh, I think we had over over 300 kids running through those things, and we got to meet a ton of people. It was, uh, we got a lot of thank yous, a lot of thank yous online too, of just people saying, hey, thanks for sponsoring you know something for the kids you know in the, in the park and so we we had a really great time got to meet a lot of people we're looking forward to a really great time today it is our fall kickoff we've got sunday sunday today that's yes that means we get ice cream sundays today and we'll have the inflatables going and a whole ton of fun and so we're just really glad you're here glad that we get to to get together have a good time because Just one of my sayings is, if we're not having fun, we're doing it wrong, and that includes church. Church gets notes for an awful lot of things, and I guess my hope is that uh, that we that you will know that you're allowed to have fun at church. You really are. You're allowed to have fun here, and uh, and so sometimes there, you know, when we move some of these kind of like obstacles out of the way, it allows us to really enjoy what we're doing and what God is doing in and through us. Uh, okay. Hey, announcement for our online campus. Thank you for being here. Super sorry. We are working on the AV challenges. And so if, uh, we understand you don't have the lyrics, you know, going on uh, when we're singing. Super sorry. We're working on it. We'll see if we can get it fixed before the, uh, you know, before the next song. But uh, thanks for being here. And a big thanks for everybody else for being here. Let's uh, let's we're, As we worship the Lord together, we are in the middle of our series called um, We Are the Church, and as we're talking about um, the church, of who we are as the church, we're talking about that that Jesus Christ, who saves us, and and, and, and if you're believing in Jesus Christ, He makes you a part of the church. And and, and Word of Life Church is just one small part of of the church uh, of, of Jesus Christ, in which Jesus calls people to Himself and says, Hey, I love you. I forgive you, I value you, and, and and so as we're talking about the church and what it, what it looks like to be the church, um, I can say that one of the things that it looks like is it looks like being a friend. We're going to hear from the scriptures exactly how Jesus kind of interacts with a, with a small group of friends. Just just people and how he changes their lives and uses that friendship. And then it empowers us because we are the church. And what that looks like is us being friends that bring friends to Jesus. That's right. We're the church. And part of being the church means that we are friends that bring other friends to Jesus. Uh, I don't know uh, when I start talking about friends who you think of when I think of, of, my, of my friends, I could go all the way to the, you know, to the past. When I, was, when I was a little kid, just a little bit older than you, Kenna, my best friend's name was Danny Marioni. Yeah, we lived in Jersey, a whole lot of Italians there. Danny Marioni was my best friend. And he and I played soccer on the same team together, and we goofed off together. Uh, Danny Marioni uh, had... had single mom, and so we were constantly helping with chores over at Danny Marioni's house. Uh, right up the other uh, other street, my my buddy Matt, Matt Perrin, was a great friend. Uh, we got into a lot of trouble together, so I think my parents really appreciated me hanging out with Danny <laughs> a little bit more than Matt. You know, Matt and I were a part of the same church, and uh, we used to play a little too much on the railroad tracks behind Matt's house. That would get us into trouble. Not good. Don't do that. Don't play on railroad tracks. It's Very dangerous. Um, uh, Matt's, I, I liked going over to Danny Marioni's house because he had better food. M- Matt's parents owned a health food store. Just going to leave it right there. <laughs> Matter of fact, the biggest uh, one of the one of the biggest days in Matt's life was his birthday because the on Matt on Matt's birthday that was like the only day of the year that he got to pick what they ate, you know, for dinner. And so, uh, so I got an invite over to uh, Matt parents' house for his birthday. I don't know what age we were because we're we're only weeks apart, and he was super excited. He's just so excited. He's like, Jay. I'm going to ask for pizza. <laughs> and I'm like, I was, I was like, your parents are never going to buy you pizza, bro. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm asking for pizza. It's my birthday. They're going to say yes to pizza. And I'm like, all right, give it a shot. So we, we ordered pizza and, and, and they said yes. And so, you know, he had to go with to the, to the pizza shop to pick it up. And then we got the pizza and Matt insisted since it was his birthday that he could hold the pizza. Bad idea. It was a bad idea. It was just a bad idea. So Matt Barron is so excited and he's holding the pizza. And we're on our way back to the house. And I don't know what happened in the car, but something happened. The pizza goes up. The pizza gets stuck to the top of the box. We get back, and he is all bummed because all of the cheese of the pizza was all on the wrong side of the dough, disconnected. Man, but he's a good friend. He's a really good friend. Good friends scrape the pizza off the box, put it back on the pizza. I think about, you know, friends, my friend Kevin and I, were are we're, we're fast friends. We, we, did, we did life together. We did church together. We talked to people about Jesus together. If I ever needed anything, I think about my friend Kevin. My neighbor, Jamie, became my friend really, really quickly. You see, we're moving into our house in Colorado, and Jamie immediately walked over, you know, next door, and he said, hey, man, do you need some help? And my my gut reaction was, no. And then he just looked at the couches, and then he looked at me, and then he looked at the couches, and I looked at the couches, and I said, did I say no? I really meant, yeah, I really need some help. And that started a friendship with Jamie that he helped me all the time. If I needed anything, I could just walk next door and we shared groceries in the middle of, you know, blizzards. We 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 cooked meals for each other, we cared for each other's children. Jamie was a great friend. Jamie was a great friend. As I'm telling you about my friends, are you thinking about your friends? Are you thinking about who your friends are? And what, what is it that makes your friend a friend? Heidi is my best friend. I love living life with Heidi. I love everyday adventures, just kind of driving the backroads of life together. Who are you thinking of when I say friend? Today... Jesus is going to meet a small group of friends and show them exactly what being a part of the church is all about. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 2. If not, no worries. It's going to be right up here on the screen. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine, Okay. And this is, what, this is what God says. And when he returned, that is Jesus, when Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days. So he'd been gone for a while. He was hanging out in Galilee and everything else. Came back to Capernaum and it was reported that he was at home. This is where he was staying at the time. He was staying in Capernaum. And many people were gathered together so that there was no room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came, you know, bringing to him a paralytic. That's a guy who's paralyzed, carried by four men. And when they could not get near Jesus, him, Jesus, because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralyzed guy laid. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they questioned within themselves. And said to them, why do you question within the, you know, those things within your hearts? Which, which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your, sons, your sins are forgiven? Or rise, take up your bed, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out in front of everyone and so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Here ends the reading of God's word. Friends bring friends to Jesus. Friends bring friends to Jesus. That's what being a friend is all about. That's what being, uh, we are the church is all about is that friends bring friends to Jesus. We've got... (coughs) We've got four guys who are friends with, you know, a paralyzed guy. We have no idea what happened to this paralyzed guy. We have no idea why he's paralyzed or how far up he's paralyzed or any of those sorts of things. All we know about this paralyzed guy is that he can't walk because they had to carry him on on a mat. But we also know that this guy had friends. And when these friends heard that Jesus was going to be in the area, they were super pumped. And they just did the only thing that they knew how to do. They just loaded up their friend and they carried him to Jesus. But when they get there, the place is packed. I mean, I understand you could look around. We got a couple of empty seats, but I'm talking like, like Easter service packed. I'm talking like, 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 you know, like, like Thanksgiving day at your house packed. I'm talking, you know, like packed so much that you can't get in the door packed. I'm talking like Christmas Eve, you know, right here packed. I mean, I'm like that kind of packed, like you can't even get in. And when they when when the four friends and the paralyzed guy get to the front door and they can't get in, nobody's gonna let them in, everything's so totally packed, they didn't give up. They're not done yet. they go up the ladder on the side of the house. Houses in Palestine were built with like a flat roof. It was often used as like, a, as like a rooftop patio. Anybody ever been to a nice rooftop patio? Got the cool lights going on up there and everything else, you know? And oftentimes they would, on their rooftop patio, they build like just a little temporary kind of shade up there and use that as their summer summer patio for hanging out. Or sometimes people would even sleep up there when it was too hot in the house or something like that. And so these guys... They're like, oh, I got an idea. We're going to rip the roof off. Wait, what? Yeah, we're going to rip the roof off. Somebody must have gotten a good idea as to where Jesus was standing in the house. And he's like, I got this. And then they carry their paralyzed friend up to the roof. And then they start removing, it's got these, these tiles up on top of the roof that is then covered with thatch and stuff like that. And so they start removing the tiles and rolling up the thatch on either side. And anybody who's ever done any kind of roofing is just kind of having a really uneasy feeling right now. Like, oh, that doesn't sound good. It's never going to be watertight after this. They, they open up the roof to a wonderful skylight. And then they get their paralyzed friend and they lower him down on ropes, like right in front of Jesus. So Jesus looks up and there's a paralyzed guy coming down through the ceiling, through the ceiling. Kids, don't try this at home. And and Jesus looks up And he says something amazing, yet um, maybe not expected. Son, your sins are forgiven. Wait, what? I mean, if you know Jesus, you know that this is not super surprising. But if you don't know Jesus very well, and this is really early in the ministry of Jesus, the public ministry of Jesus, it could be a little bit surprising. Like, the guy getting lowered through the ceiling... Maybe his number one problem wasn't his sins. I mean, I'm not sure if that's what his friend said. His friend said, hey, paralyzed buddy, we're going to bring you to Jesus so he can forgive you. I think they were actually bringing him there to get healed. And if you were to ask somebody who is paralyzed, hey, what would you like God to do for you? Maybe their number one answer would be uh, to not be paralyzed, as a paralyzed guy is getting lowered down through the ceiling, maybe everybody in the room was kind of thinking, "Ooh, Jesus is going to heal." But the first thing he says is, "Your sins are forgiven." I love it. He calls him son," by the way. That's really cool. Because son talks about that great relationship. You see, Jesus looks up and he sees their faith. He sees this paralyzed guy's faith. He sees his friend's faith. You see, it was faith that brought him to Jesus. Their faith carried their paralyzed friend to Jesus. And sure enough, Jesus knew exactly what this guy needed his most important need, his number one need, his deepest need was forgiveness. Did he need healing? Yes. But what he really needed was a life change forever. And so the first thing that Jesus says is, Son, he gives them a little hint about their relationship that's created by faith. Son, your sins are forgiven. And immediately, some of the uber-religious people are like, wait, what? He can't say that. He's just a guy. He can't forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. They're not even saying it out loud. They're just kind of reasoning it in their heart, you know, like, And then, but Jesus knows, like Jesus knows what they're thinking. Scribes are super religious. Their entire job is to write down the Bible. That's all they did by hand, like every day. It's like when you go to work, a scribe, when he goes to work, he just goes to work and he's like, okay, Exodus again. (laughs) And he starts writing it out. It's all fun and games until he gets into like Leviticus again. And all they did all day long was copy the Bible, copy the Bible. They didn't have any sweet downloads, which is kind of a bummer. You know, they all copied it. And so these guys thought that they were super good. And they thought they were super righteous. They thought a lot about themselves. And they thought, this guy's doing bad things. Nobody can forgive sins. I'm telling you, not true can't do it. It's blasphemy. Blasphemy is when you uh, are calling yourself God. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Jesus knew what kind of things that was going on inside their inside of their hearts, inside of their spirits. Jesus knew. And so he asks, what do you think is harder? To say your, sons are, your sins are forgiven or get up and grab your mat and walk on out of here, walk on home. Which do you think is harder? I'd say that either one one is very easy if all you're doing is saying the words, right? Saying words is super easy. It's easy to say your sins are forgiven. But when Jesus says something, he does it. You see, when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, he is in that moment forgiving your sins. When Jesus says, get up, grab your mat, and walk home, healing is happening. And just so that they would know. He does this in- intentionally. Jesus says, does the hard thing first, the forgiveness, because Jesus knows that the only way he can proclaim forgiveness if he's willing to take those sins away. And so he says that first. And then what he says second really is just to, to prove that the forgiveness really happened because you can't see forgiveness. But what you can see is you can see when a paralyzed guy gets up and picks up his mat. He's like, don't be leaving a mess in this person's house now. Come on. You know, pick up that mat. Don't leave a mess and just walk home. And he walks out in front of everybody, and everybody's amazed. And they're all praising God and glorifying God in this entire house, and he's just walking out. It's amazing. They didn't have room for him to get in, but once a guy gets healed, all of a sudden they can make room for him to get out. And he walks right home. I'm betting he walked with his four friends who believed in Jesus. You see, friends bring friends to Jesus. Especially when they can't do anything on their own. I need friends like that. I need friends like those four guys. I need friends who are going to bring me to Jesus when I am paralyzed. You know, we don't all have to be physically paralyzed either. Sometimes we're, we're stuck and we can't do anything on our own either because we're, we're just mentally done or emotionally, you know, anxious. Maybe it's because we're burnt out or exhausted. Maybe it's because we've been so accustomed to dragging around our own sin for so long that we just can't do anything on our own. It's at those times that we need a friend, a friend with faith, a friend who believes in Jesus, a friend who will bring us to Jesus. Those are the kinds of friends that I need. They're also the kinds of friends that we get to be. When we say we are the church, we are those friends. We are the friends who bring friends to Jesus. We are the ones who bring people to Jesus to say, hey, Have you heard about Jesus? And there's all sorts of ways we can bring people to Jesus. We can pray. We can pray for people. Over and over and over again, we meet people all the time who are really in need. We can pray for them. We can do some very practical things like stop on the side of the road and give somebody a ride. We can go over to their house and help them out with something. Sometimes it just takes bringing over some groceries to somebody's house, or sometimes it's it's about cooking a meal for somebody. Sometimes it's about, hey, I heard we got this thing going on in our church on Wednesdays. You're going to love it. Can I bring your kids? I know some people here who bring somebody else's kids just to bring them to Jesus. Or maybe it's about something like today, where it's Sunday, Sunday, and there's ice cream Sundays, and there's inflatables out back, and you just say, hey, come on out to, come on out to church today. We're going to have a great time. We get to worship first, and then we get to do a bunch of other fun stuff. We are the church, and that means we are friends who bring friends to Jesus so that their lives can get changed, and God sees your faith. Are you that kind of friend? As, I've, as I talk about this, are you thinking of a friend right now who needs life change? Are you thinking of a friend who needs to hear that they are given not because of what they've done or not done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for them? Yes, we get to tell people, just like Jesus did, that they are forgiven. We even have a poster. (laughs) The reason why we get to do that is because Jesus gave us this ministry that said that whoever we proclaim forgiveness of sins for, those sins are forgiven, not because of what we've done. I haven't done anything. I'm not doing any of the forgiving. It's because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Who's your friend? Who do you know that needs to hear over and over again that they are forgiven? Who's your friend? And are you believing, just like those four friends, are you believing that Jesus can change your life? Because if you are, you are that friend. You are the church. And you get to tell people that they are forgiven. And don't worry, you're not the savior. I think so, so often we feel like, like we have to have everything all together. Like I've got to have all the answers. If I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus or if I'm going to invite them to church, I need to have like all of my answers straight and things that, like that. No, 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 no. We see very clearly Jesus is the one who did the saving. The four friends just carried him there. You don't need to be the savior. We already have one. We just get to be a friend who brings friends to Jesus. He does the saving. He does the forgiving. He does the life change. And he does it all for you. And he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it over and over and over again. We are the church. We are friends who bring friends to Jesus so that they can be forgiven and their lives changed. Let's pray. Thank, thank you, Lord God, for calling us friend. Thank you, Lord, that you know us and you love us. You know everything that we've done. You know, if you can read their hearts and minds and know what they were saying that day, then I know full well that you know exactly what's going on in my heart and in my mind. And God, we confess that we come to you as sinners who haven't done everything the way you have us to do. We've sinned against you, and we ask you for forgiveness. We thank you for friends who bring us to Jesus. Thank you for friends who tell us and remind us that we're forgiven because of what Jesus has done for us. So today, Lord God, as, as friends run through our mind or maybe as we're, as we're downtown LeSueur and, and, you know, and we're bumping into a new friends. Lord, would you please give us opportunities to bring a friend to Jesus. Would you give us the courage and even some of the words to bring a friend to Jesus so that they could hear that they are forgiven because of your death for us, because of your shed blood, because you forgive us, we can proclaim that believers are forgiven. Would you please, Lord God, pour out your faith Would you send us out as your church? We love you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.